In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending May the 1st, Farm Bill implementation is going well, at least according to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack. He said $5.2 billion in disaster assistance payments to more than 620,000 producers have been distributed. He also said so far 1.7 million producers have made their election and the same number of owners have also decided to reallocate their base acres. Now, on the dairy side, he said USDA is making a small amount of payments to dairy producers who opted for participation in the Dairy Margin Protection Program and purchased the $8 coverage. Prices have come to the point where it's slightly below that $8 differential. This is a fairly small amount of money that's being spent, but it does indicate that the program is working, and we'd anticipate and expect as folks make decisions for 2016, they'll be keeping an eye on dairy prices. In addition, Bill Sack reminds farmers about the June 1st conservation compliance deadline, a deadline he says is set in stone. Folks have to have their 80-10-26 on file. If they do not, then they won't be entitled to uh, the subsidies in the crop insurance program and may not be entitled to some of the protections uh, under the farm bill. So we want to make sure everybody understands the need to get that done. A lot of specialty crop producers have never had to have that form on file. Uh, That's why we're continuing to repeat this and have made many, many press releases uh, with that information. For more on that, just contact your local USDA service center. Well, legislation was introduced in the U.S. Senate this week to repeal EPA's proposed waters of the U.S. rule. Senators John Barrasso of Wyoming and Joe Donnelly of Indiana introduced the bipartisan legislation that would require EPA and the Army Corps to withdraw the rule and rewrite their proposal with consideration of stakeholders and review of economic and small business input. It also requires EPA to adhere to definitions included in the bill, which would limit the reach of a new rule. Senate Ag Chair Pat Roberts had this to say about the legislation. We had farmers that came from all over the country, and whoever said, I think it was Heidi, said this is the number one issue with regards to overregulation that farmers and ranchers and people who live in rural America think is absolutely the case. Robert said too often he hears from his constituents that they feel ruled and not governed. The Senate bill and similar House version may have enough votes to pass, but not enough to overcome a threatened presidential veto, likely sending the issue back to the courts where the rural opponents would argue that EPA is violating federal law and the separation of powers by changing the Clean Water Act. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association and American Farm Bureau applaud the introduction of this legislation. NCBA President Philip Ellis said finalizing the rule only six months after receiving more than one million comments sends a clear message that EPA has no intention of listening to the broad array of stakeholders and is pushing forward with a problematic rule. AFB President Bob Stallman said tens of thousands of farmers, ranchers, and landowners have spoken out, but EPA has yet to fully acknowledge the proposal's potential impact on everyday farming activities. Farm Bureau urges Congress to act swiftly before the rule is final so agencies can recraft the rule to ensure that it's practical and addresses farmers, ranchers, and business owners' concerns across the country. Also this week, two bills of interest were sent on by the House Ag Committee. They approved H.R. 2088, the United States Grain Standards Reauthorization Act of 2015, and H.R. 2051, the Mandatory Price Reporting Act of 2015. In other news, Tyron Spearman had a story on how recent wet weather and current crop prices have some farmers leaning towards peanuts this year rather than other crops. The national posted price on peanuts stayed the same this week. $424.86 per ton. That's the price that they is recommending that farmers trade peanuts at this time. Contracts have been withdrawn at most buying points, but most buying points tell me they have booked up their peanuts for the coming year 
and no more contracts are available. Finally, some sunshine has arrived across the entire peanut belt, all the way from Texas to Virginia. Peanut planting will begin in earnest just as soon as the fields dry out enough. Most farmers have made their planting decisions and met with the Farm Service Agency to determine the best ratio of planted acres to maximize their participation in the 2014 Farm Bill. In recent years, farmers have had alternate crops to compete for land. This year, not that well. Corn acreage has been reduced in the southeast, mainly because of low prices and wet fields have eliminated the ideal planting time. Cotton's another story. Cotton was 10% planted nationwide last week. The norm is 16. Delays have been caused by rains and wet fields. One marketer said for the 2015 crop, the market has gone nowhere. It's been in a five-cent ban from 62 to 67, and this week it was up to about 67. Farmers were hoping for about a 70 cent per pound before planting time on cotton. The lack of these profitable prices for alternate crops will probably favor more peanut planting in the next few weeks. Uh, Treaters for Seed said this week that they are ready. They've treated just enough, they hope, to get the peanuts planted. And then the remainder not treated, they said, they'll wait to the last minute to make sure the balance is right. Thousands of pounds are treated, bagged, and ready, and they'll be pouring them into the planters in the next three weeks. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom had some tips this week on keeping your backyard chicken safe from the deadly avian influenza. The people who run big commercial poultry operations know what symptoms to look for in their birds when it comes to avian influenza. But for those with much smaller backyard flocks, they may not know the signs. In the chickens, you can see a drop in egg production and going off feed and being lethargic prior to death. That's Dr. John Clifford, the Agriculture Department's chief veterinarian, who says the virus is spread by wild waterfowl. One way to prevent your chickens from getting sick. You need to keep those birds enclosed as best you can and keep them away from the wild waterfowl. Another important tip from poultry researcher Dr. David Swain, as far as water for your birds. It should not be surface water for ponds or lakes where the wild birds might be, but it should be so municipal water source, that way you know for sure it does not have the virus in it. And if you see any unusual symptoms in your birds, you should contact your vet immediately. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And we wrap up this week's podcast with Everett Grinder talking about solar power. Solar power. 20 years ago, you'd have thought half the energy generated in this country would have come from the sun. But almost as suddenly as the interest in solar and wind power began begin to level off and almost stopped. What happened? Well, one thing is it takes so much money to get started. However, once you're generating power, the cost is minimal. Nothing like other sources of power. Same with wind power. You know, most of the negative attitude towards solar and wind power is the eyesore it creates. People just don't think a whole lot of the landscape and the scenery where those power sources are found. So, I guess what we need is somebody who can design a solar panel or a windmill that displays some style. Until then, it'll still serve as very good farmland. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Greiner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear these reports and more on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.